0: David mentioned last week that we all have a SIM card. Did you get that? He said in the beginning we have a SIM card. He's talking about the essence of who we are, the part of us that makes us who we are, the part of us that God put into us when he was planning our book, our SIM card. The thing that makes you who you are, that makes you choose the things you do, that makes you love the things you love, that makes you excel in the things that you excel in, God was putting in your SIM card. He was placing giftings in your life. He was placing callings on your life. He was placing abilities on you. He was placing ways for you to function, not just for a little while, not just for a day here and there, not just for now and again, but every day of your life. And it doesn't end, it ain't over until it's over. we got to keep pushing on. We had Gary Coker with us yesterday. Gary Coker, I don't know if many of you know him, but Gary Coker has been with us for a very long time. I'm not going to tell you how long. But yesterday, he graduated from the Elijah House School. He passed, he did the work, and he passed. And you know what? He stood up at the end of it and he said he's more excited now than he has ever, ever been in his whole life. And we want to run like that. We're called to run like that. In the beginning, before the world was formed, he knew you. He knew who you were. He knew what you had the capacity to accomplish. He knew the things that you could bring to pass if you would just come into agreement. If you would just seek his face. If you would just ask him, doesn't need to be on the floor or on your knees or anywhere else, you can ask him. When you're walking down the road, when you're driving the car, when you're sitting in the cafe, you can look around in that cafe and you can ask him for a word and he'll give you one for the lady at the next table or the man that's just running in for coffee. You can ask him and because you're connected today, he can speak to you and you can change your destiny. So we got a SIM card. I've been walking with Jesus for about 37 years. And I guess my central, my core message is still the same, that Jesus loved us, that he died for us, that he gave his life for us so that we could come into relationship with him, so that we could learn to be like him, that we could be a display of splendor in the earth today, so that we could be carriers of reconciliation this morning we had a little display of reconciliation. If we have a look at 2 Corinthians 5.18. Aren't they great? Just say it and they put it up. They're so clever. Oh my gosh, I was so scared. Oh, thank you, Jaden. Thanks, Andrea. So... And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation. God wants us today to be reconciled to him. He wants us to be able to take the broken parts of our heart and bring them before him. He wants us to take the pieces in us that we hide away from each other. And we hide away from him. He wants us to take those pieces and gather them up and bring them to him. He wants to be reconciled to us so that we can be reconciled to ourselves. I've been on a journey of reconciliation for um, 37 years. 37 years. And still in great need. Still aware that without his goodness, without his mercy, without his grace, without his continual input, without his continual adjusting, without his continual poking. 37 years. You wonder if he's done anything, don't you? <laughs> no, he really has. Anyway, <laughs> so I am reconfiguring my, my SIM card. Um, when I came to the Lord, you know, we had a wonderful display this morning of Samoan culture. Culture. But, you know, we haven't always been that blessed in the church. We haven't always been that welcomed. We haven't always been um, embraced for our difference in our culture, in our colors. But this is a place of difference. You know, I was praying yesterday. This is a place of difference. This is a place where if you're brave enough, you're going to see amazing things happen. You're going to see amazing cultures come together. You're going to see amazing layers of God's goodness. You are going to see a foretaste of the book of Revelation where it says, in the end, every tongue, tribe, and nation will stand before his throne and worship. If you're brave enough, if you take up the fight, just like David said, if you agree this morning, if you allow, if you make room, if you make space, You're going to get to see so many things. I was talking to Jesus for the last few weeks actually asking about today. I've done a whole lot of notes. I haven't used any of them yet. (laughs) It's just the introduction. No, 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 no. (laughs) But, you know, we have not been that welcome in the church. But as we grow and as we open and as we begin again to recognize people after the Spirit, As we begin to hear their spirit rather than their language, as we begin to take on what we're sensing out of their hearts, you're going to receive a blessing that you had no idea was even there. When we learn to stop judging people by what they look like, when we learn to stop judging people by what they sound like, by what they wear, when we learn to stop all of that rubbish because that's what it is and we learn to come nako kite nako when we can come face to face and heart to heart and when we can hear what's coming out of their belly their river of living water even if it's different to yours you're going to receive a blessing people you're going to receive a great blessing so i've been working on my maori ness my little Maori self, I've been practising my peppy heart. Yeah. And you know why that's important to me? is because it's what connects me to this land. It's what makes me, gives me the capacity. When we travel, when we've done a few missions trips, we've been out, done a few places. But when I stand out there and I say I'm from New Zealand, when I say I'm from Aotearoa, this is what connects me here. Ko Karioe te maunga, ko Aotea tōku moana, ko Aotea tōku whenua, ko Tainui tōku waka, ko Ngāti Tuehi tōku iwi, ko Ngāti Mahuta tōku hapū, ko ōkapu tōku marae, ko Hotiroa tōku kāpine. Well, wow. call Pare Tui Rangi Roroha Tokiri Toku Fire. ha Teare Hakopa Jacobs Toku Papa. For Bruce Greaves Toku Rangatira Toku Aroha Yetito. E call Malin Jacobs Greaves Toku Wingua. That's who I am. That's what connects me into this place. And this morning we're going to sing you a song. Had enough? This morning we're going to sing you a waiata. Come on. Tere. Come on. We're going to sing to you this morning. We're going to put the words up because this song, you know, everybody learned it in the 70s and 80s. They taught it in the schools. They sang it in the churches. Most of us have heard it. So we're going to get it up. Teddy's going to come and play the guitar. Where's Boston? Where's Boston? Come on, Boston. Let's give a hand this morning. I need to hear you. You can sing from out there. this is a loud and proud one. Tema matua, tema tua, tema Why do it stop, boy? Tema tua, tema tua, tema
1: Why do it stop, boy?
0: It's hardy,
1: Let me listen to us E ki titiro, look at us Lord Titiro maera Hey, mother, what have I ana If I got one love, I'm not just here to Tell my Set up mighty why do what's a boo on the time to what set
0: up my tea why do what's thank you I'm gonna show you something this morning. We're about to see some people who are reconfiguring their SIM cards. About 25 years ago, Bruce and I were a part of a group called the World Christian Gathering on Indigenous People. And through that, we travelled several places and met several Indigenous groups of people who, like us, lost their culture, lost their language, lost their dances, lost their haka, lost their waiata. But God's bringing it back. God is helping us to redeem that which is his in our cultures. That which is godly and that which is good and that which is whole and that which is worthy. That which brings life and that which brings blessing. That little thing in our DNA that makes us who we are. That makes me Maori. That makes my friends Rarotongan. That makes my friends Zimbabwe. That little bit, God is redeeming our cultures. He's bringing back the color. He's bringing back the expression. He's allowing us to become. And we're going to become. And we're going to get stronger. Because you know, the Word of God tells us if we give up something, if we lose something, He's going to give it back in greater measure, in a greater way. And for some of us, for some of you here, that might just be a little bit scary. Could be a little bit scary. So we had our first gathering here in Rotorua in 1996. And then in 2008, we had the seventh international gathering in Jerusalem. You'll see in the backdrop soon, there were 64 different people groups from around the world who traveled to Israel. And the kaupapa was that we would all bring our different expressions of worship back to the city that Jesus gave his life in. For the reason that he gave his life for. This is what the Kingdom of God looked like.
1: Waka et Kia Mawani Hiduhe Heda Hiduhe Hado ha. hey hey hi
2: he can hear the drums calling them home the mountains mourning their sons 500 years or so the man is singing memories of the land. The sound of dancing comes a symphony that echoes of the sun. Here's Lacorca, his home, visual poetry. A man of honor, a man of worth, pride, and dignity. Let all creation lift up one voice as it was meant. Together The creator's masterpiece Head out high she beckons A new dawn She sees the stars That lift the path Her full the sail With life, breathing a new song, a symphony that echoes off the sun. She is Maui, she is home visual poetry. A woman of honor, a woman of worth, pride, and dignity. Let all creation lift up one voice as it was meant to be. Together,
0: excited because I was praying Lord God we're a prophetic church we were born and raised with men and women of God that had a prophetic mantle and if we want to take that up in a greater way then we can reach into the heavens and pull it back down here into Hastings today we don't have to wait till then To see all of the nations of the earth bringing their worship, bringing their honor, bringing their glory to the King of Kings. We don't have to wait. We can reach up into the heavens by faith and pull it in. That's what we're called to do today. You know there is that spirit in you. Seated in there. Waiting to overflow out of your belly. Living waters. Into the streets of Hastings. Waiting. Waiting. So God's been talking to me. He's been talking to me. One of the major things he's been talking to me is, is that he knew us. He knew you before the world was formed. Like I said before, he knew who you were going to be. He knew that I was going to be born in 1957, don't count, <laughs> out at Waimarama Beach into a feisty, fighting, crazy, happy, singing Fano. He knew that I was going to be born there that I was going to be raised there, that I was going to come out of there, and that one day I'd end up here. But he knew way back then when he was putting me together who I was going to be, and he knew who you were going to be. He knew what the mix of your being was going to be. He knew the great things inside your being. He knew the things that you haven't discovered yet. He knows the things about you that are yet to come. And he's calling us today. He's calling us out, calling us forth, calling us furthest forward than what we've ever been, calling us into our anointings. You young people, man, we're just going to be back here looking up at you, thinking, so watch them fly. <clears throat> Will you get a hold of the things that God's put on you, angel, Whoa. You guys, you kids are so full of promise, so full of goodness, so full of initiative and creativity and blessing. There's so much ahead of you that God is going to do, and we're going to be here, and we're going to say, we knew them. They came out of here, and we're going to pray for you, and we're going to bless you, and we're going to be watching, and we're going to pull heaven down for you. So that you can take up and you can become, and you can do all of the things that are in your hearts to do. That you can go out and you can dance, or you can write, or you can discover. All of those different things that are in you because of who you are and because of what he wrote in your book before the world began. What a thing! What an amazing thing. So, we're called to be ministers of reconciliation. You know, I walk a lot when I pray. And I have these conversations with God, and sometimes He says things to me. You know that verse about the disciples on the Emmaus Road, and Jesus leaves, and they go, Oh, His word burned in me. Well, sometimes He speaks to me when I'm walking down the road, and I feel like my skin's peeling off, my bones are disintegrating. I think, Oh, no. Because He tells me things, and He asks me things, and He questions me he questions my motives he questions my agendas he questions me he asks me what are you doing why are you doing watch what you're doing people are watching you people are watching me and sometimes he speaks to me and one day I was walking down the road and I said so Marlene what would happen if you took the gospel of reconciliation seriously what would happen if you just took one person and walked beside them for a year If you got a hold of them, and you walked with them, if you talked with them, if you contacted them randomly, sent them texts, if you meet up with them once a week and say how's it going, what would happen if we took this challenge of reconciliation seriously, just one person for one year? What could you do and enable in one life if you took a year? Now, some of you know that we have had um, an interesting last few weeks. We have had somebody in our house that we have been trying to walk that out with, that we've been trying to show the responses of Jesus Christ. But you know, it was just as challenging for us as it was for her because her childlikeness and her openness and her challenging us every day about why, why she should do this and why would it be like that and what would happen if it went like this. As we thought we were walking it out with her, God had a better, bigger plan. He was walking it out with me. <laughs> you know, when I had to stand there and have somebody talk to me, sometimes shout at me, sometimes say things to me that I, I found very, very difficult. I'm a nice girl. But God was teaching me how to stand up. Taking a part of my brokenness that was never, ever meant to be there in the first place. Taking that no that was taken away from me when I was a child and putting it back into my heart so that I could stand up and say, no, this is not good. No, this is not the response that Jesus would want. No, we will not do it that way. That's hard for somebody who's been as performance orientated as me. It's really hard for the good girl that wants to go, okay, it's all right. You do what you want to do. It's hard to stand up when you've spent your whole life being quiet and letting the status quo remain. But people, we've got to get up. We've got to start saying the things that need to be said. We've got to start getting back our no. We've got to start going into the places that we don't want to go into. We want to keep getting involved in the places that we don't want to go into. When Jesus said to me, what would it be like, Marlene, if you took the gospel of reconciliation seriously? Don't just go to the nice people that you know, the nice people that will speak kindly, the nice people that will walk Gently and softly, go to the people that will challenge you, that will challenge your Christianity, that will challenge your belief system, that will challenge you when you say no. He's calling us out, people. He's calling us into a greater place. So, what would it be like? What if we just took one person, we contacted them verbally, texted them randomly, got to know their struggles, got to know them up close and personally? What would it be like if you help people face their relational problems? You know, sometimes we get so scared as Christians, or we talk about it really nicely and kindly. What would it be like if you got in the fight? If you got between them, what would it be like? How would you go? How would it be? It's exciting, I tell you. I'll tell you, it's so exciting to see a life changed, to see a life challenged, to see a life made over. It's exciting to be in the hands of the living God. It's exciting to be where he called you to be, moving in the gifting that he called you to. So what would it be like if you got to ask them about their acceptable addictions, like shoes? (laughs) Our acceptable addictions that, you know, Don't harm too much. Don't look that bad. Don't seem that off. But nevertheless, they're addictions. What about that um, cup of coffee that we have to have every morning from the Caltech station? Got to have it. Sorry. (laughs) What about all of those things, the little things that we run to? What have you got to ask people how they were going? What about the unacceptable things? What about the questions like, how's the pornography? What about those kind of questions, the questions that are real, that are deep, that we battle with daily, that nobody wants to talk to us about? The things that Jesus never, ever, ever, ever wanted us to have a hold of. What about your hatred of men? Ooh, don't like that one. What about your control issues? What about that? What have we got to ask people? What have we got to know each other so well? What have we got to love each other with the love that Jesus has for us that we could Just begin to do things like that, that we could strengthen each other. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Jesus loves us. He wants to clean us up, He wants to bring us back to our original design, He wants to reconfigure the SIM card. I'm talking to me, too. You're really, really quiet. I had a whole lot of other things that I was going to talk to you about, but I just want to share this with you. I was out walking. I've shared this with Dave and with Kate and a couple of other people. But you know, God talks to me when I go out walking and He challenges me. And He asks me things that I really, really don't like. <laughs> really don't like. So I was walking down the road one day and He said, So, Marlene. How come, just how come, you haven't been and committed yourself to David and Kate? (laughs) Yeah, bow. I'm like, hey, come on, Jesus. I've been there for a few years now. They know me. And he was quiet. You know that silence? Have you had that silence? When you answer him back and he's not impressed? Jesus said, how do they know? I said, but I go. I'm there most Sundays. I show up. I lead a house group. Kind to people. Pray on the altar call. I do all that stuff. And Jesus said, yeah, but how do they know? Because something happens when you commit to something verbally. If you're a person of your word, to a called to be, and you share that word, something happens. So I'm still kind of getting a bit squirmy. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I love them. i do pretty well anything for them. And Jesus said, so, so you're under their authority as the senior pastors of Bay City Outreach Centre? And I'm like, ah, oh, starting to squirm then. And i like, what does that mean? Started to feel a bit sick. <laughs> bit constricted because I honor them I love Dave and Kate I love Mike and Joy they've been a part of my heart part of my life for more years than you can imagine 30 30 years 30 years ago I met Mike and Joy and so um I'm thinking you know they know that I love them they know that I'll do things for them they know they can ask me and Jesus said how do they know How do they know? How do we know anything about each other unless we commit? Unless we talk? Unless we vocalise it? How do we know? How do I recognise their leadership? I said, Jesus, I let them lead. Now that kind of sounds like, well, that sounds like you let them lead when you like where they're leading. What about when they, you don't want to go the way that they're leading? Whose authority are you under then? Challenging things. I don't like talking to him some mornings. <laughs> so I um, kind of ended that conversation, started talking about something else, and I let it go, and I kind of didn't think about it for a while. I was telling Dave, and he was laughing at me. But it really, really got me, and I started to question authority. Authority. I started to ask about the authority figures, the authority models that I've had in my life. The authority models that have let me down. The authority models that have hurt me. The authority models that didn't protect me. The authority models that didn't keep me safe. And each time I thought of one of them, I just felt myself pull back a little bit further. You know, you pick up a snail and you turn it over and you poke it with a stick or a straw. Maybe a straw. You know, and it goes like that, but it shrivels back up inside the shell. So all these questions about authority figures. You know, God is wanting to restore us, remember, to our original design. That's what this is about. He wants to heal us. And I had a gap. I had no understanding of the safety that there can be when you're in authority. When you're under authority and you're together. Because my authority figures, we're not good. For me, authority meant you get attention when you've done something wrong. Ten kids in my family, a lot of noise, a lot of happenings, everything going on, hard. So a lot of the attention that we got was when something was wrong. And I just want to ask you today, are you identifying with this? How have your authority figures been? Have they been safe? Have they been constant? Have they been kind? Have they been fair? Have they walked in justice? Because mine hadn't. And it coloured my perception. It coloured my perception. And then I had a few things more that happened to me that made it over the next few weeks that made me continue to push in and ask the questions about authority figures. Will they really look after me? Will they be there when I need them? Will they look after my kids? Will they get around the back of us when we need help? Will they do all of those things? And so, I got some prayer. Some of you have been involved and you've been around our shame seminars and our um, identity and destiny seminars and all of those things. And inside of that, I want to encourage you today, you can get healing for things like this. So I called up my friend Karen. You know, we're talking about iron sharpening iron. You want to get somebody that's going to ask you some questions that are going to really probe your heart. Get somebody like that. Their names are Jenny, Dot. Sandra, Roger, Bruce there's a few names in here that you know understand and they will ask you questions Terry and Vivian that will help you trace your pain back to the roots of it because when you discover where the roots of your pain are you'll come into a place of healing so what did I do? I had to go back I had to look back I had to repent. I had to say sorry for the judgments that I'd made on my family, the judgments I'd made on my parents, the judgments I'd made on authority, the bitter root expectations that I had that I had to look after myself, that nobody else was going to do it for me. We know and we read and we understand and we quote all the scriptures about being under authority. We know the things, we know the story of the centurion. Jesus healed his kid because he was a man under authority and he said, Jesus, just speak the word. And we can think and believe that we're doing all of these things until the pressure comes on, until we're asked to do something we don't want to do, until we're asked to confront some behaviours that aren't godly. We can do all of these things. And you know, the reason Jesus allows us to get into those places is so we become more like Him. So that you can get up and you can go and you can encourage the person next next to you. You can speak about the good things in their life. You can call them out. You can. You can bless them today. You can become more and more like Jesus. We just have to take up the challenge. We just have to get involved. We just have to start to walk the walk. We just have to say yes, even when it's scary, even when we don't want to, because He who knew you before the world was formed had a plan. And your greatness doesn't show by playing small. Your greatness shows when you start to do those little things. When you allow Him to come in to the places that have brought you pain. Because that enables us to comfort others with the comfort that He has given us. When we allow Him to come in and walk with us and talk with us and say the things we don't want to hear, and lay hold of him and allow him to work his work and have his way in our lives and allow him to challenge us to call us into the difficult places out into the deep water Jesus is with us today watching for us waiting for us, calling to us encouraging us wanting us we're in a good place and we've got a good God so I was asking him Lord in this prophetic church is there anything you want me to say and he laughed at me and he said this is a prophetic word if we open our hearts today if we move forward if we embrace each other if we do that thing and we love each other so the world looks at us and says, see how they love one another. If we are brave enough to embrace each other's difference, if we're brave enough to stand up, if we're brave enough to push on, and we can today because the presence of God is with us. He's a good God. So the end of my dilemma with Dave and Kate, God's good, day. Eh? We sat down at the table and I shared my heart with them. I talked with him about the fears I had. Talked with him about the things that had kept that little reserve up. Talked with him about the things that I was a little scared of. Like saying yes. Because we know we already have a great church. But you know, it's cool to be greater. And if we all just took one person, just look around you now, If we just took one person, some of us have the capacity for more. But if we just took one and walked through them for a year, this whole place would double. And then if everybody after the year just took one, then it would multiply. And we'd have people that are growing up and growing strong and getting healed and walking out and doing the stuff that Jesus said to do. It's such an exciting time to be in. We're a prophetic church. We have a prophetic anointing. We have prophecy in our DNA. We have the capacity to see into the spirit realm, to reach in there and to pull heaven down onto earth. And I just want to encourage us today as we just stand and just allow this music to minister to your heart. Let God speak to you in the gentleness. Just stand this morning and think about who He is. Just look away to Him. It's just while Joseph plays, just close your eyes this morning. Father, we have so much to be thankful for. So many things, so much promise, so much capacity, so, so, so much, Lord. And Father, I just ask in your gentleness and in your kindness, would you increase our capacity this morning to hear you? Father, would you increase our capacity this morning as we breathe in the breath that you've given us today. Lord, increase our ability this morning to find rest and peace in you. Increase our capacity this morning to open our hearts and make ourselves available, not just to those that are lovely, not just to those that we know, not just to those that are easy, but Lord, increase our capacity. As we stand before you this morning, breathe on us, Lord. Father, breathe your breath into our hearts, into our lives, into our spirits, into our beings. Breathe on us today, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. And I want to encourage you today that if anything has touched your heart this morning, that you talk to him about that now. If there have been authority figures that you're afraid of, that held you down, that stole from you, that robbed you this morning, bring them to the cross.
1: If you're having trouble this
0: morning being reconciled to God, to yourself, or to one another, bring it to the cross. Allow him to come this morning. Allow that gentle, sweet Spirit of God to come. Bless your heart this morning. Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for the promises that you've placed within each one of us. I thank you for the dreams. I thank you for the hope. I thank you, Lord God, today for what you have up ahead. Lord, I thank you for your great provision i thank you lord god for your energy for your strength for the power of your spirit i thank you today lord jesus for your input into each and every one of us i thank you for the release of your giftings over each and every one of our lives father this morning i thank you that you're calling us out that you're calling us forth that you're calling us into a larger place not just as individuals lord but as a group as a family as a whanau Lord, as a place that's going to display Always your splendor. Forever, forever.